Jeremiah 29 and 11. Jeremiah 29 and 11. How many of you love his word? Oh, we love his word here at Kingdom. We want to thank God for those of you that are streaming. Um, for those of you that don't know, we stream not only during our 9.30 service, but also this 11.30. Don't stream at our 8, but we do for our last two services here recently. We just started streaming. So if you have people around the country that you know, you know, let them know they can stream during our 11.30. For a lot of them, of course, it'll be 1.30 in a lot of their states, even 12.30 as well. Thank God for technology. Amen. Jeremiah 29 and 11. It says, for I know the thoughts that I think toward you, says the Lord. Thoughts of peace. Isn't it a blessing to know that he has thoughts of peace concerning you? <laughs> then it goes on. It says, not, not of evil. So God is not out to get you. Anybody grew up in them churches, they say, God going to get you. <laughs> Boy, they scare you, wouldn't they? Then it goes on. It says, to give you a future and a hope. Today I want to preach a message called success is in your future. Success is in your future. Look at your neighbor and say success is in your future. Look at your other neighbor and say success is in your future. Let's pray. Father have your way. Move by your spirit in Jesus name. Amen. Success is in your future. The word future means upcoming. Anybody believe you got some up and coming things getting ready to take place in your life? Uh-huh. Somebody say, I receive. All right, all right, all right, all right. The word success means to have a favorable outcome. Victory, triumph, positive results. But I love that, that it says that success means a favorable outcome outcome. Anybody been between a rock and a hard place and you had a favorable outcome? You was like, I don't know how, I don't know when, but I know he's going to do it again. And before you know it, here comes that favorable outcome. I'm, I'm here to tell you that God is in the business of making sure that you and I experience favorable outcomes. When you look throughout the Bible, anybody God ever used had to go through some stuff. How many of you know that, 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 that in order for God to even propel you, you got to be willing to go through your own personal process? And, 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 and nobody, nobody wants to go through a process, at least we never volunteer, but we know that in order for God to elevate us, that you have to go through your own personal process. Even Joseph had to go through his own personal process, if you will. Matter of fact, put up Genesis 50, 20. Genesis 50 and 20. Now here it is, Joseph, he was a dreamer, amen. He dreamed that one day his brothers would bow down to him. He dreamed that he was going to be that dude, if you will, but he didn't dream that they were going to throw his butt in the pit and then eventually sell him out, sold him to the Ishmaelites. I believe before any time a promotion comes in your life, you got to be okay with people selling you out. You got to be okay with people uh, uh, lying on you. Remember Joseph got lied on? Remember Potiphar's wife had an appetite for him? And the Bible says he ran from her. And she's like, he raped me. And then he get brought up on charges and he in jail. Come on. 
but eventually goes from the pit to the palace because we know the pit is just a pit stop for where God is trying to take us. You got to be willing to go through your pit stops though. Amen. In this life, the Bible says we will have tribulation. It says, but as for you, you meant evil against me. This is, this is uh, Joseph saying this. He said, but, but, but as for you, you, you meant evil against me, but God meant it for good. Even the bad stuff that you all have been through, God meant it for good. When you look at some of the bad things that you went through, wasn't it a good thing? Some of y'all like, I don't know. <laughs> Let me help y'all out. Remember when you was dating that person, you thought that was your husband? And you thought that was a good thing, but really it was a bad thing, but it was training for your next relationship because you knew how to act the second time around. You wasn't so easy the second time around. You realize my stuff is precious. Y'all ain't, ain't ready for me. Look at your neighbor and say, he back, he back, he back. Yeah, I'm back now. I'm going to keep it 100 up in here. Can I get a witness? <laughs> he told his brothers, what y'all meant for evil, God meant it for good. Now, come on. If that was me or you, and we saw our brothers come back 13 years later, the same brothers that stripped, us, stripped me of my coat of many colors, killed a wild animal, put blood on it, and went to our dad and said, we lost Joseph, he dead. Look, dad, it's the coat you made him, the coat you bought him from Scottsdale Fashion, and the coat we got on from Target, the one that you gave preferential treatment to, he dead. And y'all know he wasn't dead. They pulled him out the pit. Can I get a witness? Matter of fact, when you read it, Judah was the one that pulled him out the pit, the brother Judah. And Judah means praise because praise will get you out your pit. Can I get a witness up in here? Some of y'all have been in some pits. And it was because you praised God. You didn't lose your mind. Come on, somebody. Some of y'all should have had a straight jacket on, should have been in the crazy house. But you made up in your mind, I'm going to walk in crazy faith because I know this too shall pass. Now, 13 years later, he's staring at his brother. They don't even know it's him. They got to come to bow down to him because he that dude now, if you will. The one that can interpret dreams. The one that knew that the famine was coming to the land and they stored up. And then when everybody else got hit with famine, they had overflow. And then here come his brothers. Now, y'all know if that was me and you just paint a picture, you would have kicked somebody in the throat. <laughs> Some of y'all would have stabbed them. <laughs> Some of y'all was crazy. <laughs> Somebody say, but God. But he didn't even go there. He eventually tells them who he is. Tells them to go back, get your children, get your wives, go get our dad. I got y'all from here on out. And I believe that's why God chose Joseph out of all the brothers because he knew he would be the one that would be compassionate more than anybody else. Because even back then, God broke the rules because really, in actuality, the one who should have got the birthright should have been Reuben. But the Bible tells us, I believe in Genesis uh, 49 and 3, that he didn't get it because the Bible says that he was unstable as water. You can miss your blessing by being unstable. Oh, put it up, put it up. I want to say Genesis, I think this is, I'm gonna find, we'll find it. I want to say, yeah, try, try Genesis 49 and 3, I think. Try that. Let's see if we can find that. Let's see if we can find that. Yeah. It says, Reuben, 
Uh, you are the firstborn, the might and the beginning of my strength, the excellency of dignity and the excellency of power. Next verse. Unstable as water. <laughs> Look at your lips. I didn't even know that was in the Bible. <laughs> Unstable as water, you shall not excel. He, he, he forfeited his birthright. He forfeited his destiny. Because if you go on, look, it says because you, you went up to your father's bed and you defiled him. He went up to his, my couch. He slept one of his dad's concubines. How many of y'all used to be in sin? All right, about 30% of y'all, praise the Lord. Right? Well, we're going to anoint everybody else Jesus in here. <laughs> I'm going to ask y'all one more time. Who's been in sin before? All right, okay, that's better. Okay, y'all made me feel better. Bless the Lord, oh, my soul. Okay, so you say, well, then, Pastor, why did Reuben get the, the bottom of the stick? What, what? You don't, he did wrong, wrong. How many of y'all, when you was in sin, you had some boundaries? It was a certain thing. You're like, I'm going to go do that, but I can't do that. Anybody was like, Pastor, I'm going to participate in this, but that, that, mm -mm, that's, that's unseemly. <laughs> that's unnatural. I can't participate in that. He misses it does not experience the success that he should have because he was unstable as water. Let's not miss what God has for us, people of God. So let's, let's, let's really get into that because I didn't even hit that the last two services. But let's, let's go to Acts 28. Let's, let's really uh, dive deep into this. Success is in your future. Look at somebody and tell them success is in your future. I want you to get that in your spirit, success, success, favorable outcomes and victory and triumph and positive results are in your future. Uh-huh. But look at this, Acts 28. Let's go to verse 1. We're going to really spend our time for the next 25, 30 minutes talking about the life of uh, Paul. Uh, Paul, look at this, Acts 28. Let's, let's go ahead and pick up in verse uh, uh, 1, Acts 28 and 1. It says, uh, now... When they had escaped, they then found out that the island was called Malta. And the natives showed up, showed us unusual kindness, for they kindled a fire and made us all welcome because of the rain that was falling and because of the cold. But when Paul had gathered a bundle of sticks, he laid them on the fire. A viper came out because of the heat and fastened on his hand. So when the natives saw that their creature, that this creature was hanging from his hand, they said to one another, no doubt this man is a murderer. Whom, though he escaped the sea, yet justice does not allow him to live. But, somebody say but, he shook off the creature into the fire, and he suffered no harm. My first point, people of God, in order for you to experience success in your future is that you got to shake off negativity. Look at this. The Bible says that this thing was hanging from his hand, this viper. And then look at this. It says, however, somebody say however. They expected that he would swell up suddenly and fall down dead. 
Everybody wrote him off. Just like people wrote you off. All of us in here have experienced snake bites. Pastor, I ain't never been bit by a snake. Yes, you have. The snake bite of depression. The snake bite of oppression. The, the snake bite of low self-esteem. The, the snake bite of I can't do it. The, the snake bite of uh, 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 generational curses and the snake bite of uh, 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 people uh, telling you uh, uh, because your dad wasn't no good and his dad wasn't no good, you ain't going to be no good. All of us have experienced snake bites from certain family members that tried to dumb you down. And the minute you try to dream, uh, uh, they try to put you in your place. All of us have experienced snake bites. Some of us in this room didn't grow up with a father, snake bite. Some of us didn't get the, the nurturing that we needed from our mother, snake bite. Some of us uh, 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 struggled in school and, and, and teachers had the audacity to tell you, you ain't worth a quarter, snake bite. Can I get a witness? I used to have a teacher in fourth grade would always say, you just don't get it. What's wrong with you? Put a complex on me. Because she was right. I didn't get it. <laughs> and didn't want to get it. Come on, anybody? I'm ready for us to go to the next subject. Let's go to the next subject. Let's go to history. I actually pay attention during history. I don't need to know about all this math stuff. I ain't going to be no accountant. Uh, you want me to carry? What? Come on. Anybody, when you got to that season, you got confused like pastor? Come on, somebody. Now, we've been talking about nine times nine, seven times seven is 49. I'm good. You know what I'm saying? Uh, did I say that right? Eight times eight, is that 64? All right. You know, seven times five is 35. Nine times nine is 81. Is that the, I'm on the roll now. I'm feeling good. Nine times three, 27. Don't ask me to carry nothing, though. Yeah, you're confusing me now. You, you. <laughs> but put a complex on me. Then diagnose me with dyslexia the next year. That's a snake bite. That they're basically saying that you can't even comprehend what you read. Don't put a sports page in front of me, though. You understand what I'm saying? Y'all get it? And my mom always said, because I was a quarterback in high school, I had to remember 66 plays, which is interesting, the 66 books in the Bible, go figure. She said, if you can learn the Bible like you know that playbook, she said, I got to wake up and turn your light off because the playbook is on your chest because you didn't fell asleep because you are learning. She said, if you could ever read the Bible like that. And I would just look at her right when she would exit my room, I would laugh because I'm thinking, I ain't trying to read no Bible. Who's 17 trying to read a Bible? Can I get a witness up in here? So, <laughs> back to what I was saying, though. All of us have experienced snake bites. And we had to make a decision to shake some things off. So my first point is this, that in order for you to experience success in your future is that you have to shake off negativity. There are people that try to put a complex on you. There are people that try to say things about you. You have to shake off that negativity. And the Bible says that the thing was hanging on him and he shook it off. My question to you today is what's hanging on you? See, we even allow certain people to hang on us. 
certain people to live under our skin. See, I've learned that in life, not only does God want you to be delivered from marijuana, drugs, and delivered from certain things, and so on and so forth, but he wants us to be delivered from people. In other words, people's opinion. People are going to always have an opinion, especially when, as God is elevating you. I've learned that insult becomes before elevation. People will insult you. Here it is. We're getting ready to step into something monumental in about three weeks. On January the 2nd, Kingdom in the Valley will be 12 years old. People told me I wouldn't make it for two years. Snake bite. Look at your neighbor and say, look at God. I allowed that to be fuel to keep going after God. I like when somebody tells me I can't do something. And they're right to a degree. But Philippians 4.13 says, I can do all things. Somebody say all things. Through Christ who strengthens me. So now they got to look at us turning 12. Then 13, then 14, then 15. Because we ain't going nowhere. We ain't going nowhere but up. Somebody scream kingdom. Uh Uh-huh. Because y'all really validate me. Because without y'all, I'm nobody. Because if, if, if what, that, what my man said one time, if ain't nobody following you, just a Negro taking a walk. Like, where's your fruit? Jesus said, if you don't believe me for who I am, he said, believe me for my work's sake. In other words, Jesus had fruit. If you want to know a tree by its, by, by its, by its, by its fruit, you, you, you want to know a person by their fruit, just evaluate their tree. Amen. And see, a lot of people that are successful, it's because they were able to shake off negativity. You have to shake off negativity. I had an opportunity to be with the owner of U-Haul at a dinner about three or four weeks ago. Now, you know, he worth nine, eight, nine billion. Not million, billion. And he want me to eat at his table with him at an event that raised $12 million in 10 minutes. I said, if I can just get three million of this, I can pay my church off. <laughs> but these are the kind of people that sometimes God will have you. See, I was hanging out with Pookie them. And they was hanging on me. Anybody has some Pookies in your life, some Boom June Bugs and Carlos and Angel and Billy Bob. Come on, some. You had to be like. God shifted your circle, but you had to shake some people off. Anybody had to? That's what David did. I'm sorry, Paul. He had to shake off that snake bite. He shook off that negativity. And then look what the Bible says. So as he shakes it off, now you got to remember the chapter before, he just came out of a shipwreck. He was shipwrecked with over 150 other individuals, and they all survived the shipwreck. So here they are in verse 28, because in life, sometimes we're in something, then we come out of it, then we go right into something else. And that's what Paul's going through right now. He comes out of verse 27, goes into uh, chapter 27, then he goes into chapter 28, and he goes into the fire, and then the the, the viper uh, gets a hold of him, and it's hanging from his hand. And they said to one another, no doubt this man is a murderer whom, though he escaped the sea, yet justice does not allow him to live. They literally were giving him his sentence. They were saying, it's a wrap, it's over, it's done with, there's no way. He shook off the shipwreck. He he, he, He shook off killing Christians. 
before he became one. Come on, shook that off, amen? But he, he, they, he ain't going to shake, shake this. Just like some of you, some people thought there were some things you couldn't shake. I got some former alcoholics in here. I got some former drug addicts in here. I got some people, former people that were promiscuous in here. Amen. But people didn't, didn't even believe in you. They wrote you off, but you shook it off. You shook off all that negativity. And look at you now. You're still standing. Don't even look like what you've been through. Can I get a witness up in here? So they, they basically write him off. And then he says, uh, 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 then they, but, but, but he shook it off. Somebody say, shake it off. Shake it off. Whatever it is, shake it off. There are some things that if you want God to do in 17, you got to shake off some 16 stuff. 16 has been an interesting year. Can I get a witness? I mean, it's been a good year. I mean, you know, kingdom is like seven or eight people away from hitting 1,200 people that have joined the church this year, already 14, 1,500 people have either, either given their life to Jesus or rededicated their life. That is not the norm at a lot of churches. We give God praise for that, and amen. And I believe the best is yet to come. Amen? And, 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 and I, I believe that, that the church should be progressive because Acts chapter 2, verse uh, 47, it says that the church was added to daily such that we're being saved. If there's not 30 plus people giving their life to Jesus every month, we need to look in the mirror and find out what, what, we're not, what are we not doing. Because I don't want to be preaching to the same people week in and week out. Look at this. It says, praising God and having favor with all people and the Lord. Somebody say, and the Lord. He added. To the church daily those that were being saved that's the bottom line here at kingdom we trying to get folks saved we trying to get people rescued from drugs and trying to get them rescued from alcoholism and so on and so forth we're trying to get people to a place that once we get them saved now shake off all that stuff shake off your past shake off those snake bites of people that let you down and disappointed you shake it off somebody say shake it off so number one, success is in your future. If you shake off negativity, then it says, however, they were expecting that he would swell up suddenly and fall down dead. There are some people that expected your downfall. There are people that are expecting you to just quit and give up. How many know the devil is a lie? Quit ain't even on your radar. Giving up ain't even on your radar. Amen. Which brings me to my second point today. That number two, number one, shake off negativity. Number two, you got to make up in your mind. You got to refuse to die or quit. There it is right there. Refuse. Somebody say refuse. To die or quit. I've been, I'll be preaching the gospel uh, next month for 20 years. I got ordained, licensed, and all that back in 97, 98. And I'll never forget, the guys that I got licensed and ordained with, they were more caught up in the collar than the call. Did you hear what I said? They were more caught up in the collar than the call. And 20 years later, a lot of those guys that I got ordained and licensed with, they're not even in the ministry anymore because they thought it was cute and sexy to be in the ministry. They couldn't wait the first Sunday to go to Piccadilly. Anybody remember Piccadilly? You know, all the church people. Can I see a lot of y'all unchurched? Y'all, they went, they like Piccadilly. 
But all us church folk, come on somebody, that grew up in the pews, we going to Piccadilly. And I get to wear my collar. I get to show everybody at Piccadilly I'm deep. That I'm called of God. That's why if you notice, we don't be doing collars and all that around here except on Throwback Sunday. And it was hard for me to do it even then. Because I'm so sick of folk getting caught up in collars and not the call of God. At the end of the day, it's about the call of God. He called you, which means he hand-selected you. He preferred you, that he selected you to go on the highways and the byways to compel people, to urge them that his house may be what? Full. That's in Luke 14, 23. So I say all that to say is that Paul made up in his mind even though people were waiting, anxiously, expecting, because they like, wait a minute, he human like us. If a viper got a hold of him, it's just a matter of time before he make the transition to heaven. But no, he refused to die. He refused to quit. He kept right on going, which brings me, put up, I believe it's Psalm um, 118, verse 17. Look at this real quick. I believe it's Psalm 118. Uh, Psalm 100, yep, Psalm 100, and, and, and look at this, I shall not die. Look at your neighbor and say, I ain't going nowhere. Mm-hmm. You can fight off death, amen? I shall not die, but live to declare the works of the Lord. That's what David said. That's where Paul was living. Paul was like, I'm not about to let this snake take me out of here. If the shipwreck didn't take me out of here, I'm definitely not allowing no snake to take me out of here. So he shook it off, and they were waiting. They were waiting for him to run out of gas. They were waiting for him to be fatigued. They were waiting for him to be at his wit's end. There's people that were waiting for you. They thought she was going to give up. They were sitting back watching all the hell, all just a matter. Oh, you know what John just went through? Shoot, he ain't coming out of this. And they just watched. You just kept going to church. You just kept praying. You kept believing God. You kept telling yourself, this too shall pass. You didn't deny the fact that you was going through the hell, but the one thing that you denied, you said, that devil, you can't. I refuse to die. I refuse to quit because this too shall pass. Matter of fact, what didn't kill me is making me right now. Right now, matter of fact, God is devil-proofing me until he called me to be. So he allowed me to go through it because he knew I would come out on the other side. Do I have anybody at the 1130 service that you've been through some garbage? You've been through some crap. But when you look back, you came out on the other side. Somebody give God a praise. Somebody scream, success is in my future. If you receive that, somebody give God a praise. Somebody scream, I refuse to die or quit. Give God a hand praise one more time in this place. Put up Acts 13 and 36. Look at this, Acts 13 and 36. Acts 13. For David, after he had served not walking around with a collar not walking around validating himself it said he served he didn't call himself a bishop he, come on somebody 
He, he didn't call himself an apostle. I met somebody last night, and he was telling me how he's an apostle and told me that he got 62 people on his roll, and he see 25 of them every week. How the hell? I mean, how are you an apostle? <laughs> Look at your neighbor and say, he back. He back. <laughs> apostle who? I got 28 ministers. How in the world you got 28? And then, because a lot of times guys will use titles to validate who they are. Oh, what kind of fruit you got? I'm so sick of people. I'm like, come on, man. You are joking. We all know it. People have asked me, they said, Pastor, you've been going to bishop school for seven, eight years. Why haven't you, you know, had them come in and make you a bishop? Because at the end of the day, it ain't about all that. And I've been going to Cleveland for seven, eight years, and I've learned a lot of great things going to bishop school. And one day when that happens, amen, praise the Lord. But already I cover seven, eight churches, so I'm already a bishop. I'm a pastor that operates in the office of a bishop. A bishop is one who oversees other churches. So don't be telling me you got 62 members and you an apostle. An apostle is one who plants churches and that covers churches. And you got a connect group. Oh, let me, where's the text at? Let me go. Because I'm clowning. <laughs> he served his own. Somebody say own. In other words, he took ownership of the generation that was before him. That's why I love spending time with my 24-year-old, my 23-year-old, my 21-year-old, because they keep me hip. In other words, they keep me relevant. I don't want to be a pastor that's outdated. You understand what I'm saying? What are the millennials looking for? Amen, because I don't, I don't, I want to take ownership of that generation. I want to be able to speak into the life of a 20-year-old, a 30-year-old. You understand what I'm saying? I don't want to be 45 and I can't relate to what they're going through in this season of their life. Come on, if you're under 30, raise your hand. Look at that. If you're under 40, raise your hand. Look at that. Look at that. I want to be able to, if you're over 50, raise your hand. If you're over 60, raise your hand. All right. If you're over 70, raise your hand. All right. We got one. Praise the Lord. They was all at 8 o'clock, too. Amen. <laughs> That's why I love our church. My 50 plus go to 8 o'clock. My 9.30 are probably my age. And then this, you know, you, you, this church, this, this crowd's a little younger. A little, it's got balance to it. But it shows you the people that we're impacting. Because they say a generation is 70 years. And I don't want to be somebody that's outdated. You understand what I'm saying? So look at this. Go back to the text. He served his own generation. By the will of God. Then he went to sleep. And they buried him with his fathers and they saw corruption. But isn't it interesting that he didn't make the transition until he impacted a generation. That's why you kingdom have to refuse to die or quit. Quitting cannot be on your radar. Dying cannot be on your radar. Amen. There is such a level of spirit of suicide in this nation. I'm like, what and mean is this? At the end of the day, the enemy is so deceptive. Don't you allow the enemy to come in your life and begin to rent space in you. 
in your mind, you tell the devil, no, 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 I'm shaking off this negativity. No, 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 I refuse to die. I refuse to quit. I'm not leaving here till I impact a generation. Anybody know that you're supposed to be a generational changer? Listen, make sure before you make the transition to heaven that you impact your community, that you impact your family. There are people right now that are counting on you. And you probably don't think you all that, and praise the Lord that you think that. But at the end of the day, there are people that need you because your words carry weight in their life. John chapter 6, verse 63 says the words that we speak are what? Spirit and life. You have the God-given ability to give somebody a second win by you just patting on them back and saying, it's going to be all right. I know you got some snake bites, but this too shall pass. Listen, you getting through this. Matter of fact, matter of fact, what Satan meant for evil, God meant it for good. This too shall pass. I believe that everybody in this building has a level to go out and encourage somebody. God will not send you unto me who is an encourager and then you not know how to not know how to encourage other people. I don't even want to be around nobody. All you, you always need to be encouraged. All the courage we didn't gave you, shoot, you need to go get that to somebody else. Go download that in somebody else's spirit. Amen? So number one, shake off negativity. Number two, you got to make up in your mind, I refuse to die. I refuse to quit. Somebody asked me two weeks ago, they said, Pastor, you're coming on 20 years as a preacher and 12 years as a pastor. Have you ever wanted to quit? I said, absolutely not. Have I ever been discouraged? You better believe it. Have I experienced some letdown or some disappointment in these 20 years? Yeah. I remember and I was telling 930 when I was under my dad and me and my dad, you know, he, he was preaching one thing and I was preaching another. I was coming up with titles of messages called I'm falling, but I can get up. And he was like, what are you? What? I said, well, daddy, right here in Proverbs 24 and 16, it says a righteous man. He falls seven times, but he gets back up. That's not talking about the sinner. That's talking about somebody that's in right standing with God that had a human moment. So I'm preaching a message called I'm falling, but I can get up and, 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 and did they put that up there? A righteous man. Didn't say a sinner. We already know he falling. Come on. It's a, we already know. He didn't put that on the calendar. Can I get a witness? But a righteous man Fall seven times. He rises up again. And I told my dad, I said, Daddy, you got to look at it like this. It's not the travesty that they fail. The travesty is when they don't get back up. And I began to tell my dad, I said, Daddy, you know, the disciples, remember the angel said, go tell the disciples and Peter. In other words, go let Peter know, even though he denied me three times, that he not disqualified. Matter of fact, go tell him that when he get restored, to strengthen the brethren. That's in Luke 22, 31. And I began to tell my dad, I said, so daddy, I said, we need to shift to preaching more messages like this instead of beating people up. We need to build the people up. The word build means to establish, to strengthen, and put back together. And my dad hit me with Amos 3, 3. How can two walk together unless they agree? He said, I'm not in, I'm not in harmony with that. That was my last Sunday at that church. 
and they got mad at me. <laughs> they, they got two black garbage bags, emptied out my office, and escorted me out to church, and didn't give me my last paycheck. Snake bite. <laughs> I left that Sunday, that Wednesday, I joined an all-white church. I said, Lord, what mean is this? Get there, things are going great. The man that God's mentoring me, all of that. Five years later, uh, I get replaced in the budget with a BMW. They cut my salary in half. Somebody say snake bite. I'm just giving you a little briefing of my 20 years. And then God had the audacity to say, and you ain't leaving this church yet. He said, I'm making you in this season. Matter of fact, I know they told you to come to work twice a week because you're part-time now, but you still show up four times a week and you have your wife get, uh, take up, uh, do overtime at the police department. Oh, it didn't got quiet. You can hear a mice licking ice up in here because uh, most of y'all would have went crazy up in there. It would have been, somebody would have went postal up in there. Can I get a... <laughs> and then I leave a year plus later and get under another minister and I tell him, hey, I was under a non-compete clause with my other pastor. I can't start a church for a year and three days. I want to submit to you because I want my family to be covered. Because I believe in being covered because Psalm 92 and 12 says, those that are planted in the house of the Lord shall flourish in the courts of our God. So I get another church. We get connected there. I'm thinking this is a safe place. And then a year and three days later, he has a meet with me and tells me that if I leave this church, my church won't grow bigger than a salt shaker. And he picked up the salt shaker, and I had to focus on all those grains in there. You know, it's a lot of grains in a salt shaker. People will try to kill the dream on the inside of you. But my point bringing that all up is I refuse to die. I refuse to quit. I had to shake off those snake bites. And then when I see him six, seven years later at a funeral, he looks at me and says, I always knew you was going to be great. But I say all that to say that on your way up, you're going to experience snake bites. Some places that you're asking God to even take you, you might want to be careful because you got to come, come to the conclusion, can you breathe at that level? Because some levels that people are trying to go to, you might need an oxygen mask. So we need a, a little here, a little there. That's why in year one, God couldn't give me this. I had to wait 10 years for this. You feeling me? Because Zechariah 4 and 10 says to not despise the day of small beginnings. Matthew 25 and 23 says if you be faithful over a few things, he said, then I'll make you ruler over many things. So God's like, I'm going to give you a little something, something right now. Amen. To help humble your behind. But I say all that to say is I refuse to quit. I refuse to die. There were some things that I probably should have flatlined. I should have spiritually suffocated. Even you that are here today, there are some things that you've been through. The enemy was trying to assassinate your assignment. But you stood tall in the spirit, had to wipe up some tears, and was like, you know what? I'm persuaded that nothing will separate me from the love of God. If God be for me, who can be against me? A thousand might fall at my side, 10,000 at my right hand, but it will not come nigh unto me. I thank you, God, that your angels are encamped around me. 
So I say all that to say, if you want to see success in your future, shake off the negativity. Make up in your mind, I refuse to quit. I refuse to die. And the third thing is this. Look at this. Love this. So after the snake bite, people sitting around waiting for him to drop dead. Verse 6 says, however, they were expecting that he would swell up suddenly and fall down dead. But after they looked for a long time, they saw no harm come to him. They changed their minds and they said he was a god. In other words, they saw God do the supernatural in this man's life. But then it goes on. In that region, there was an estate of leading citizens of, of the island whose name was uh, Publis, who received us and entertained us courteously for three days. And it happened that the father of the publicist lay sick of a fever and dentistry. And Paul went to him and he prayed and he, he laid his hands on him and he healed them. Now what's significant about that, Pastor? The same hand that had a snake hanging on it. When he shook it off, God still used that hand. I'm here to tell you, man, that if you shake off some things, God will use your hands. The same hands that used to roll up joints. The same hands that will go get that great that, that uh, 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 MD, Mad Dog, come on somebody, 2020, grape, I like grape. If they didn't have grape, I got that line, praise the Lord. But the same hands <laughs> that shook all that off, those same hands God is using to heal the sick, to set the captive free. Look at your neighbor and say, he wants to use your hands. Mm-hmm. Uh -huh, but you got to shake off some stuff. And that's why Paul was like, I'm shaking this off. I refuse to die. I refuse to quit. I got people to touch for Jesus. And literally, a couple of scriptures later, he's touching the man, and the man is getting healed. And then look at the next verse. Look at this. So he heals him with his hand. Then it says, and so when this was done, the rest of those in the island who had disease also came and were healed. Paul couldn't die. Mm -mm. He's like, I refuse to die. Even though people are standing around waiting for me to drop dead, I got work to do for Jesus. John 9, 4 says, I must work the works of him who sent me while it is day for the night cometh no man can work. And what I love about this, this my third point is this. Number one, shake off the negativity. Number two, refuse to die or quit. Number three, stay in your assignment. See, he was in his assignment. He, he stayed in his assignment. I believe that's part of the reason why he didn't drop dead. Because he knew he had to take care of the king's business. He knew that that was not a time that he would shift into his feelings and be like, poor me. It's a wrap now. Mm -mm. That brother was like, I got to stay in my assignment. I got people to touch. And that's when you hit the wall, people of God. Remind yourself, this too shall pass. I got people to touch for Jesus. He goes on and heals not only that man that had a fever, but then he goes on and heals everybody that was sick on that island that had a disease. They got healed because of a man that shook off that negativity. Because of a man that refused to die or quit. He was a man that said, I got to stay in my sign. Now, since we're in this Acts chapter 28, now jump to 28 and 30. Look what he does. See, look, if he would have died, he would have missed this. Look, 
Look at this. If he would have died in this chapter, because he really naturally should have died in this chapter, but Acts chapter 28, verse 30, it says, Then Paul, he dwelled two whole years in his own rented house, and he received, somebody say all, who came to him. He didn't discriminate. He received all. When I preached 12 years ago, when I started kingdom, I preached from this message, this text scripture, and I stuck on that all because I wanted people to know this is not going to be a black church. Because people were saying, finally, another black church. I said, whoa, 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 let me take you to text real quick. I was like, wait a minute. The Bible says that Paul received, somebody say all. That means everybody. That's the kind of church that we are. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. And y'all not going to believe this, but when we were in the swap meet 12 years ago, there were some people that left. Because they couldn't believe. They said, you allowing other people to be a part of it. We thought this was going to be for us. I said, I'm not trying to um, create a civil rights movement. That was back in the 60s. That was Martin them. Come on, somebody. And I'm grateful and I thank God for what they did because at that time, that was necessary. But I had to explain to them, this is a new day, sweetie. We still got our issues as a nation, but my God in heaven, I ain't riding the back of no bus and drinking from another water fountain. And then you got people got enough nerve to say, ain't nothing changed. No, you ain't changed. We just had a black man in the White House for eight years with a curling iron and a, a wave cap. And come, I'm sure it was some dominoes somewhere in that White House. Even Dave Chappelle was over there about a month ago. He said he couldn't believe so many black people was at the White House. Dave Chappelle, y'all. Dave Chappelle said, I counted. It was one white person in the White House. <laughs> but I say all that to say, we receive all. Somebody say all. Somebody asked you, what kind of church is that you go to? It's an all church. The man of God just said they build God's kingdom one family at a time and they, they receive all. Mm-hmm. So, so go, now, 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 now go to that scripture. It says they received all, and we're going to close right here. He received all who came to him. Now, look what he says in the next verse. Look at this. Look at this. He preached the kingdom. Aren't you blessed that you're a part of a kingdom church? We're not over here preaching religion, preaching stupid stuff. Come on, somebody. We're not here preaching tradition. We're preaching the kingdom. Paul shakes off a snake bite. People are standing around waiting for him to fall dead. He moves from that and goes and heals other people. And then a whole bunch of scriptures later literally says, I got to go preach the kingdom. See, when you got a kingdom mentality, a kingdom mindset, that means you receive all. When you have a kingdom mentality, that's a sign that you will see success in your future. I knew what us becoming a kingdom church, because I remember I was going to name this church New Birth Christian Center. I was looking at a new, another name, New Creation Family Church. I even called my buddy in Louisiana. He's in Shreveport. I did a revival for him when I was in my 20s, and I said, hey, man, I'm really thinking about taking your name out here. I finished the name in my church, New, new Creation Family Church. He said, man, you go run with it. But I was in the truck one day, and I heard a man on the radio saying, it's all about the kingdom. 
and something leaped in my spirit. I drove home and I said, baby, our church is going to be called Kingdom Something. <laughs> she said, I love it. We went to bed later that night. She woke up and she said, God spoke to me and said, in the valley. I said, what? She said, God said he's going to raise up kings in the valley. I got any kings in the house today? Look at your neighbor and say, what's up, king? I got kings and queens up in here. So that's how that all came about. And now we're just known as kingdom. Somebody say kingdom. I love it. Love it. Said he went about preaching. Go to, go to 31 again. I'm going to close. 31 again. Preaching the kingdom of God and teaching the things which concern the Lord Jesus Christ with all confidence. No one forbidding him. Uh, we ain't let nobody escape. You come through this ministry, you're going to get a kingdom message. It's going to be hard for you to walk out of here unsaved. Because when the kingdom message goes forth, it has a way of grabbing people. Because it's out of the box type of stuff. And you don't even understand how many people laugh at us for naming our church kingdom. And I'm thinking, well, Matthew 6.33 says, seek ye first the kingdom. And the Bible says, I want to say either Matthew 11 and 12 or 12, 11. It says, the kingdom of God suffereth violence, but the violent taken by force. When you really begin to look at the Bible, Jesus, that's all he taught was the kingdom. He said in Matthew 6 and 10, thy kingdom come. Thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. So at the end of the day, he wants you to have a kingdom life, people of God. So when it's all said and done, walk out of here saying, you know what? I got to shake off this negativity. I'm not taking any negativity in 2017. I will not die. I will not quit. And I'm going to stay in my assignment. Even though I know the enemy wants to assassinate my assignment, I will not let him do it. I'm going to be like David. I'm not going to sleep until I impact my generation. Somebody give God a hand praise in here. Somebody scream, success is in my future. If you receive that, give God a praise in this place. Somebody say it again. Success is in my future. Let me pray.